You realize we spend a third of our life sleeping? I know, stuck in traffic was a good guess, too. But now that you know you sleep so much, why aren't you sleeping on the most comfortable mattress arguably made in America? A brand new iComfort Eco by Serta. It's supportive and designed to keep you cool, comfortable, and feeling restored. Or check out Serta's perfect sleeper for pressure-relieving comfort and support while maintaining a balanced temperature. Serta mattresses made right here in Michigan, and they have been for over 110 years. Go to Serta.com. Find a retailer near you. That's Serta.com. Hungry Howie's knows there's nothing better than pepperoni pizza, but the question is, which pepperoni reigns supreme? Now, you got the crispy, classic cupped pepperoni, you know, the satellite dishes. Big fan. But why choose one when you get both? They got a pepperoni duo coming up. See, this is more up my alley right here. Pepperoni duo, you're getting the classic cup pepperoni plus the original plus 100% real cheese, unlike a lot of these other places around town. Get a large pepperoni duo, $9.99, only at Hungry Howie's. Cash the ticket, a Mike Valenti podcast. And welcome in week three of Cash the Ticket. Nice to have you with us. Mike Sullivan with me, whose middle name is going to become Square if he doesn't improve. <laughs> um, weird deal this week. The college football slate is, um, I'll start the podcast politely, I guess, unattractive. But the NFL, we're going to spend a little more time on. I- I'm all over the NFL slate. Sully, as we do every week, let's look backwards before we move forward. I had a winning week, 5-4-1. and one. The one good part, there's a Moneyline winner in there for you. Give you a little extra juice. There's a Packers straight up Thursday night as a three-point dog. Um, I love the LSU pick, Mike. Got the cover there. Felt that they were a better team. LSU with Burrow. I mean, that's that's just the team I'm going to be all over now. That offense is a complete game changer to me. Uh, I gave it a two-lane one. If you listened to the pod and got in before game day, you got 18 and a half. If you waited till game day, you had 17 and a half. And then you lost by 18. <laughs> um, still pissed about Fresno. Not going to lie to you. Felt they were the better team. Pushed. I know you were on the other side of that. Yep. That was three. Um, gave you Oregon, easy winner, 77-6, to laying 23-and-a-half. Packers money line, another easy one. How about the Titans, five-and-a-half-point dog? Jeez, they yeah. win 43-13. Now, here's what I do need. I, I, I a big mea culpa. Now, listen, I'm never going to apologize, um, and especially I love underdogs. So, I'm you know, any, any Tom, Dick, or Harry can get on air and say, hey, lay to 20. But... I, I, owe, I owe you guys one. It just can't happen where I give you Cincy plus 17 and they lose 42 nothing. Now, look, Ohio State might just be that good, but my God, did Cincinnati play like shit. Yeah. Um, the other one that was just a colossal failure on my part, G-Men getting seven against the Cowboys. Yeah, I think the Cowboys are better than I imagined, and the Giants might be worse, but more on that. But look, 5-4-1, gave you a plus 150 money line winner. Um I'm 7-7-1 seven, seven and one on the year. I know it's not sexy, but it beats being a loser, and it beats a disastrous beginning. So I feel pretty good about it. And look, of the seven losses, I got four of them by a half a point. I got four of them with big underdogs who just missed. So I feel like I got a decent read on these games. And we go to week three. Mikey, where were you at for last week? Yeah, I was 4-5-1. and one. Get out. And uh, Which makes me 6-8-1 and one on the season. Uh, a couple of I thought there were a couple decent picks. You mentioned I was on the other side of Minnesota. Uh, certainly, I lost the Michigan and Army one. I think my Michigan bias and maybe your Giants bias cost you this week. Yeah, but, but I also no, I, I'm, I'm saying that joke. I also pussyfooted it because I was an Army guy all summer. 
like the game of the year line of 17 and a half. And then the week of the game, I panicked because of how shitty Army was against Rice. Yep. So I, what am I going to do? Break your balls? Well, I stayed away. It, you didn't. In my Dolphins pick, Dolphins plus seven against the Ravens. They got absolutely killed. Now, that, I'm going to 10. be honest. If I got to say my bad on that, Cincinnati, Ohio one, State, yeah. I need one from you on the Yeah, Dolphins. that's totally my bad. Read that completely wrong. Uh, screw the <laughs> Dolphins. Mikey, how uh, fast? I was happy. The one I was most happy with was Purdue. I, I felt strongly about Purdue against Vandy. They how fast did you did know, well. oh my God, I fucked up with within, the Ravens and Dolphins? Within <laughs> 30 three seconds. minutes, yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, and I thought everyone was a little high on the Jaguars. I roll with the Chiefs; they look great as well. But yeah, I'm four, five, and one, six, eight, and one on the season compared to your seven, seven, and one. And also, but I know before we get started on the picks, I always like to mix in a little bit of a prop. You mentioned Joe Burrow when you started this uh, this podcast. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Power down there. I, I want to give you one dap on something because I think. Yeah. You had the right side of this, even though it looked like the wrong side. You really got screwed late with that backdoor Redskins cover. I know the Eagles fell down 17-0. They dominated the next 30 minutes of play. They're up 12. And here comes Washington in the final seconds, driving down the field, getting that late, useless cover. I I don't know. I I can't trash that one. I mean, Panthers I had with you. I couldn't do the Lions. I know you did. Screw that. Yeah, that the, was the, ridiculous. The Dolphins is the one that sticks out. But I, I did think you got boned. Eagles minus nine and a half. You got the right number. You kept it under ten. Philly, just that's a weird game. It's a roller coaster. I, nah, it's not bad. All right, so I wanted to make you feel decent here before I'm telling you we're going to be on a roller coaster of emotion with this college card. Well, just Go like the Lions your, cards game. Your prop bet. What yeah, you the got? only thing I wanted to mention, just because you mentioned Joe Burrow for LSU after last week. That uh, LSU 45-38 win over Texas, Joe Burrow went from 200 to one to five to one Dear to Jesus. win the Heisman Trophy. Dear God! I mean, th- to go from 200 to one to five to one—that's just insane. So I thought that'd be a fun prop to mention. Um, and I'm not touching it because I'm not giving the casino an interest-free loan. Well, and everyone's uh, extremely high on Jalen Hurts right now to win the Heisman. That's where all the money's going in it. All right. So, so look, the card this week—I got to be honest. If you decide to d- dive in uh, head first, that—that's on you. Um, this is one where it's going to be a very light card. We'll cover some games, but this is, uh, in a word. Actually, very bad uh, in three words. First game, I would say, has my interest. Maryland goes on the road to take on Temple. Opened up at six. It's currently at seven. Um, I think Temple is interesting if you're going to play this. Maryland, I think a little overvalued. They've been red hot to open the season. I can't knock them. I mean, the speed and space and the way they're playing and the whole deal. Look, it's attractive and they absolutely just bone crushed uh, Syracuse. You know, Temple, one of those teams where you open up, you play nobody in Bucknell, then you get a bye week, and here you are to play Maryland. And it's the same thing with Iowa State. And we'll talk about the Cyhawk Trophy game a little later. But, you know, you look at a team like that, what do we know about Temple? Not much. But I wonder if that's where we're getting some value. You look at Maryland, they win 79 nothing in the opener against Howard. They come back in week two. They drop a bomb on my cousin Dino Babers, uh, 63-20 to over Cuse. Are they that good? I can't say they are. I got to give Sully the credit. Uh, loved them with their season total over the total. Looks like they yeah, will get way past that. It was. But I got to be honest here. This is one where 
for me, Maryland's got to go on the road. They got to play somebody decent. Um, Temple is not a lay down. If you look at the Temple offense, all that, we don't know a whole lot, but guess what? They've gone out and they've put up a number. They have some functioning, uh, functioning players here. I don't think this is a deadbeat. I don't mind Russo, the quarterback, who was 32 of 40 in the open for you know over 400 yards and four touchdowns. Again, didn't play anybody. Well, neither did Maryland in the open. You're giving me seven right now. Um, I got to be honest. I, I lean Temple here. I think Maryland's a huge public team. Uh, and if I pull this up, I just want to make sure. Yeah, I mean, Maryland, 73% of the bets are on Maryland, but only 54% of the money, according to the Action Network. You know, it's a contrarian play a little bit, but I, I like Temple here. I'm going to take the points. I think Maryland is due for a little bit of a letdown, coming off that ranked win, go on the road, Temple off the bye. I'm going to take the touchdown, play or pass. I'll play it. So you like, yeah, so Temple in that one. Okay. I am going to play this game, Mike, but I am going to do a different way of playing it. I like the over in it. 66 points. I think that you mentioned the bye week. You mentioned how explosive Maryland's offense has been. I I think that, sure, I understand how Maryland has been so great. Maybe they're due for a letdown in terms of the game itself. But I I expect, I don't expect a ton of defense in this game. I think there's going to be a lot of points. So I'm going to play it, but I'm going to do the one of my signature over-unders, over 66 points. I'm going to lock in at that for uh, Maryland and Temple. Yeah, you are the Johnny Total. I got to start getting back into totals more. I can't mess with that. Um, all right, move on to the second game of the week. And look, I, I, this is just a bizarre game. You got Kansas State, who has stayed at home, played nobody, you know, dropped bombs. They're going to go on the road to Stark Vegas. Take on Mississippi State. Very bizarre kind of game. You see a Big 12 team go on the road and get down there and play. Look, Mississippi State, it's interesting to me. Uh, They open up Louisiana Lafayette. That was a live underdog we talked about in week one. Close game. Um, Week two, uh, not overly impressive against Southern Miss. But Mississippi State opens up as an eight-point favorite here. I wanted to see where you were at or if you had any lean on this game because I'm the numbers tell you a little something, but I'm not sure. Again, I said yep. to you, this is this is a weird week. I'm not going to dive in here, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to because this is a funky kind of standout game to me. Open today yeah. is at eight. Uh, only 33% of people are on Mississippi State, and that's that's what's weird to me. I have a lean on it, um, and my lean is actually I, I'm not going to play this game. I just think there's too much going on in that. That public money with the where the bets are at percentage wise scares me. I would lean towards Mississippi State just because they're so good covering at home. Thirteen and three in their last sixteen home games. They do nothing but cover at home. Um, that would be my lean. But again, it's not a game I'm going to play. I, a Big Twelve team going on the road down to Mississippi too. I, I it's just a weird spot. I'm going to stay away from it. If I had to pick it, I would take the home side. But I am not. Um, one other thing, too. Let, let, me, let me do this. You know, we've gotten some people who go, you know, Mike needs to do a confidence rating on <laughs> these games. Mike needs to talk about the how many— The of the week. Yeah, no, no. Here, here's what Mike's not going to do. That's what idiots do. I'm not going to get in this business of coming on the air and going, we're doing three units here and one unit here and we're chasing with ten here. If you're going to bet games— 
you bet the same amount on every damn game. You just play. You take an amount of money you're excited to win or you're not going to you know, crush yourself losing, and you play. Because over the course of a season, you start going three on this, one on this, ten on that. Hey, maybe it works out. But you know what it probably does? It, it probably ruins you. So no, there is no confidence level. The confidence level is I either play or I pass. There's your confidence level. Like, you're either willing to bet the same amount of money on every game. Like, think about it. What the hell, like, what value is there if a guy goes on the air and goes, I like this game at three units, but I'm only going to do one unit on this game. Yeah, it confuses things, Well, then what, what the fuck are you playing the game for the one unit? Don't play it. Just play everything the same way. I'm not here to tell you what to play on these games. We want to give you some information, have some fun, try to pick some winners. I'm not going to sit here and tell you what to play. You're an adult. Figure it out. But no, you're not getting confidence ratings. That's Whale what, plays. That's what dirtbag touts do. I'm not doing that. Well, and in the, I think a lot of the reason why they do units, in my opinion, is because unit but do, betting units is a way to inflate your record. You can. There's some things you can do when you bet units that can kind of make your record seem like it's better than it is. All right. Sorry for that PSA, but I get a little tired of hearing that. And it's like, no, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, how about the uh, little backyard brawl? Seems like only the, maybe the fourth, fifth time they've actually played against each other in the last 50 years. But Penn State hosting Pitt. Penn State opened as a 17-point favorite. They are currently a 17-point favorite. Um, you know I'm not a Pitt fan. Uh, I don't think they're very good. Obviously, they beat us last week. We had the touchdown dog with Ohio, lost by 10. Uh, Pitt got beat up by Virginia, who we took week one. I'm not going to sit here and continue to kind of fade Pitt here. I think the number is really, really accurate. I don't think there's a whole lot of value. It's not something that jumps out at me and I go, ooh, I'm getting a, a nice number on Penn State, or hey, that's too many for Pitt. I actually think it just fits. Uh, it's a game I'm going to watch. But I'm going to pass. Um, just not touching it. Don't think there's any value. But it was a couple of big-name teams this week, and I wanted to at least give Sully an opportunity here. Mikey? I am going to play this one. And I know you always joke about playing favorites, which I will be playing favorites oh, this week. Believe Michael me. Square but, of no, is back. But, but I'm playing Pittsburgh. Oh. I'm playing the underdog. I like getting 17 points. I'm watching you grow up before my eyes. <laughs> what a problem. Um, and one of the reasons why, look, I, I know this is kind of a counterintuitive game because it goes against a lot of the trends that I like to look at. I mean, the pa- Pittsburgh last four against the Big Ten, they're not good. But whatever, it's a different team. I think that Penn State's offense has just been so bad on third down this year. They're 3 of 17 converting on third down. I think that if you're if you're going to play that bad on third down when it matters, when you make your money, that factors right into a point spread. That allows teams to keep the game close and allows teams to ultimately in this case stay within 17. So I'm going to take Pittsburgh to cover against PSU. Yeah, and it's it's easy to fall in love with Penn State here. I mean, Sean Clifford has really jumped out to a hot start. Looks like their quarterback. Looks like a guy they can build around. Uh, hasn't thrown a pick. Explosive plays. You know they got K.J. Hamler, who's one of those do-it-all, kind of Rondell Moore-type players. It's easy to go, hey, this is, uh, you know, they're just the better team. And that that's not really the issue. No. I think the number is really right where it ought to be and look hey i'm guilty sometimes of falling in love with an underdog and i'll take a number that probably isn't as good as it should be you know like let's say a line opens up at 17 and a half and now you're at 16 and a half it's a big difference sally i give you credit you're at 17 flat 
The number I'll hasn't moved. I, I just can't. Pitt's I can't. Defense too. I can't plant a flag here on either of these. But you're listen. You're right. I think if you're going to do it, grab the points. Rivalry game. You got yep. the underdog. Penn State can't convert a third down. I, listen, I'm not going to kill you on it. I'm passing. Pittsburgh's defense, 23rd in the nation. They've been playing well. I, I just think it's a game they can keep within 17. Nothing wrong with it. Um, all right, let's move on to the next one. And this is just, I tell you, I couldn't have been more wrong. I, I thought last week Cincinnati would play well. Yeah. Um, I like Ohio State. I think they're unbelievably talented, but... Geez, you start throwing out 17 against a team that never gets a crack at you. I thought, hey, since he could play well, they whitewash him 42 nothing. Uh, now they travel to Bloomington, opened at 14, up to 16 and a half. I mean, you want to talk about a public special, a sharp special, Planet Earth special. Mike, 91% of betters, 91% of the money. On Ohio State, the spread is now out to sixteen and a half. I'll give you first crack at it. What do you What do you want to do here? This is a tough one because my I have a lean, but it's it's not one that I'm going to play. Um, I would lean towards actually taking Indiana in this. I think that uh, Ohio State they've just not when when Ohio State goes on the road, they don't do a good job covering the spread. One and four in their last five road games, um, and. On the other side, Indiana, after they win, after they have a straight-up win, 4-1 and one against the spread in their last five. Again, I know that trickles into last year a little bit, but I think it's relevant. Um, on the road, I would lean towards taking Indiana, or excuse me, Ohio State on the road. I would lean towards taking Indiana at home, but I don't feel as confident enough yeah. because Ohio of how Ohio State looked last week, how great they looked. I don't feel confident enough to bet this one. Here's what I would tell you. Two things with Indiana that strike me. Um, This is not the Indiana you remember, and they've made these improvements the last few years. But defensively, Mike, this is a good team. This is a quality defense, and that was something you never really could say about Indiana. Um, This is a real defense, and they actually have a quarterback now. This Michael Penix Jr., I understand he's a freshman. I understand this is going to be a whole different beast when you see Chase Young at six foot seven, six foot eight, staring you down. But you've got a quarterback who makes plays. You got a kid who is able to hurt you, and you pair it with a defense that I'd like to believe wouldn't totally embarrass itself. The problem for me is the number is not where I want it. Mm. I would need this at 17 or better to bite. 16 and a half doesn't do it for me. Ohio State has scared me into believing, hey, they can cover with ease. Now, you give me 17, 17 and a half by kickoff, okay. it would be a play. So if you want to chart this, puppy, here's what I tell you. I ain't touching this until about five minutes before kickoff. You show me what the number looks like. 17 and a half? I'd like it at 17 minimum. Um, okay. But yeah, 17 and a half would be the cherry, and that would be okay. Now, listen, it may not get there. That's a lot of movement. It left 14. It's out to 16 and a half. It's going to take a lot to go there. It but should, I think. I, I may, and again, maybe I'm gun shy. I'm trying to be tactful and careful. Maybe stretched out a little too thin last week, even though it was a winning week. I don't want to sit here and talk myself into games with you. I, If I'm going to do it, it would be Indiana. But I'm a little gun shy after my Cincinnati disaster. I'm going to pass until or unless I see that number get to 17. Yeah, and OSU's actually won 23 straight against Indiana. But, interesting to note, the Buckeyes are 1-7 against the spread in the last eight meetings against Indiana. God, what was the game they went down there a few years ago in 2015 and they were they almost lost? That was, I think you're thinking of uh, 2017. Indiana led OSU... 
at halftime. And then they lost, yeah, they lost by seven. I'm telling you, it's, look, Ohio State's not going to blow everybody out all year. That's not how life works. That's not how this, this whole deal is. But I'm telling you, you look at the way they're playing. I mean, Fields looks unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Ryan Day has, first things first, Ryan Day has taken an offense that I thought got a little bit stale. And obviously, this is what we've talked about locally with Jim Harbaugh is like, how much does Harbaugh have his fingerprints on it? How much is Josh Gaddis allowed to do? I mean, think about it with Urban Meyer. You don't think Urban had certain demands of Ryan Day last year? Or this is now Ryan Day's show. I love how they're going vertical. I think they've got unbelievable talent out wide, as always. It doesn't matter. They just continue to recruit freakish athletes. Uh, Dobbins is an elite back. But you know what I love with them right now? They've, they've sorted the defense out. They're kind of keeping everything in front of them. They're breaking on routes. They're not getting beat deep. They're not giving up splash plays. They're just keeping it all in front. They're going to use their athleticism to rally up. The tackling's better this year. The D-line is going to eat. I mean, Chase Young is unblockable. I, I That's why I always laughed last year and people were like, well, Rashawn Gary's getting doubled. Mm-hmm. Chase T, Chase Young's getting tripled. They I mean, it, they got people coming out of the stands to block Chase Young. You can't do it. So it's a, it's a wicked combo. If that defense really is straightened out to where they can at least be solid, um, you pair it with what I think is an elite play caller in Ryan Day, that is tough, man. But it's also tough beating people by 17 every week. Right. In Indiana, I'll be honest, I didn't think much of them in the preseason, but defensively, the metrics make sense. Michael Penix Jr., Freshman, playmaker, makes sense. You give me a better number, I'll jump in the water. Uh, Quickly, NC State travels to Morgantown. I wanted to get your thoughts on it. NC State, minus six and a half. Uh, West Virginia, in a a word, looks pretty awful. They were pretty bad against James Madison and got out with a sloppy win. They got absolutely murdered at Missouri last week. You now have NC State come to town. Not a play for me. Don't trust either team. NC State was in that weird game against ECU a few weeks back. Uh, We had talked about that spread. We had talked about how, you know, it had gotten a little out of control with the ECU love. You probably take NC State. But, again, very few brand-name matchups this week. Sully wanted to at least bring it up, give you a shot at it. Opened at 6.5. It's at 6.5. 50-50 split on money laid. What do you got? Yeah, it's not one I'm going to play either. I, okay. I don't. I don't think highly of really either of these two teams. But um, it's interesting because the over under. I was looking at that though. Fifty one. It's already dropped from the fifty one open to forty five. Um, you, you just usually don't see that kind of movement in college football. If anything, you see it the other way. You usually see it going up with how many points has been scored in this game. Uh, certainly the past few years. But that kind of tells me that they're just expecting a sloppy, pitiful. Uh, type game, and I just want to stay away from it. No doubt. Let me get here. I, you want a freak show game? You want a game that that, that is going to test? It's just testing how I watch the game. It's testing how I view things. Army is going oh, on the road. Hold on a minute. Let's all calm down. Army is going on the road to take on the Roadrunners of Texas San Antonio. Spread opened at 16. It's out to 17. You got Army coming off a gut-wrenching heartbreaking loss against Michigan. And they had an incredible dogfight against Rice in a 14-7 win. Now they're going to go on the road and take on UTSA. 
and lay 17 or better? Mike, I think this is one where, look, you've only got so much gas in the tank. It is very difficult. Go on the road, back-to-back weeks, and one of them is your game of the year, not named Navy, and you feel like you should have beaten Michigan. You put your heart and soul into it. You did everything. You did everything you could do, and you came up short. Mike, they got to go. I don't even yeah. know. What does UT, UTSA play in the Alamo Dome? Is that where they play? But when you look at some of the metrics with this deal, when you look at how people are talking about you know, Army, it's like, wait, should they really be given 17 in this spot? Show me them off a of bye week. You got it. Show me them when they're just rolling through the regular slate. Okay, we can do that. I'm kind of interested in UTSA here at 17 or better. Really? Yeah. I, it just there's I, you mentioned that the where they play at home. I'll have to check their actual home venue. What is it, but, the Alamo Dome, the Kidney yeah, Dome. What the hell are they playing at? Their last, but wherever they play, their last 12 home games, they've only covered the spread twice. All right. All right. Me. I'm talking about this team and this spot. I know. Come on. Yet you, you hate it, don't you? I, I'm not going to play it. No, I, I think that he hates. If anything, people. if anything, I think with how Army has played these two close games, they I could see Army just coming out and and uh, just blowing them out. And look on the road. As far as UTSA goes, I I know it's tough to look at a team and go, wait a second, Mike. They they played yeah. uh, you know what a one double A team week one. They got bombed at Baylor. A team off a terrible loss coming home. A team off a heartbreaker going on the road. And when you look at UTSA, I, I think this is a tough trap spot. I think Earth is going to be on Army. Everyone is enamored with them. This might be a spot where you get yourself a little sugar with an unknown team that's probably way undervalued. I'm going to have some fun here. This is why okay. we don't do confidence ratings. Everything's the same to me. As long as this number is at 17 and a half or better, chart it, Mike. Yep. I need 17 and a half. Screw it. Roll with the Roadrunners. Army wins, but they don't cover that number. You can only get your guts ripped out so many times. How about that? I like it. And, and that spread tells me, though, that, hey, if they're expecting a team to win by 17 points, I like the over in it, to be honest. I'm talking myself oh, no. into it. 45 points. You're meaning to tell me this can't be a game in the late, to, in the, you know, in the high twenties, in the high, high, mid to high twenties. I'll leave it to Come you, on. Tito. You want it, you got it. I'm not touching that. I, don't I, mess I think with that the there's totals. enough, especially with the trends I've been looking at. I think there's enough uh, points to go around in this game, and even the it over Army's hit the over in their last seven against Conference USA. UTSA is really good hitting the over in September. I think they'll. I could see a hot start in this game. I'll go over for Oh no! Oh no! Yeah. No! 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 I listen, I did not bring totals. this up. I did not bring this up to entrap you to play this. <laughs> no, I was well, I'm just... not playing the spread because oh. I could see this one kind of going both ways. I would lean towards kind of Army blowing them out, actually. But uh, I'm gonna let me go over in that. All right, let's move along. Three thirty in the afternoon. It's an interesting game. USC at BYU. USC season looked like they were going to be uh, absolutely on the ropes. And then this kid Slive comes in as their quarterback and basically goes 32 or 35 or whatever it was. I mean, he was unbelievable this week. Um, and let me at least get the kid's name right. Uh, and I know he was not a highly recruited kid. What is it? 
Keaton Slovis, mm-hmm. um, 34 out of 41, 431, three TDs. I mean, by the way, how disappointing is Stanford? I mean, the oh, defense man. blows. They can't run the ball. I understand that Costello's hurt coming back this week. But, man, how disappointing are they? But you're going to get USC now going on a road to Provo. I don't know what to do with BYU. I thought they looked like ass on opening night. Um I'm not touching this game. I don't trust USC. I don't trust BYU. I, I'm just going to watch it, kind of see what it looks like. But I wanted to put it on the card, being that it is a, again, one of the brand name matchups. Um, you give, look, you got to give BYU a little bit of credit. They follow up that loss to Utah. They do go on the road, beat Tennessee. Tennessee may be trash, but let's not act like walking in there after they lose to Georgia State. It's the easiest thing to double down on them and beat them. They now come home and take on ranked USC, who probably feels pretty damn good about themselves. If I had to do it, you know I would take the underdog, but I the am The home staying, underdog, yeah, yeah. I am. Oh, come on. Home dog? You're speaking my language. But I'm staying away from it. I wanted to give you a chance on it, though. What do you got? No, I would lean towards the home underdog as well. Probably not. I'm not going to play this one, but I, yeah, BYU getting four and a half at home when BYU does nothing but cover, it seems like, when you watch them every single week. And also... It is important to note in in Clay Helton's era at USC, he is so bad covering against non-conference opponents. Go to Stanford, Central Florida. We had mentioned Stanford. It's also in the 330 window. They travel all the way across the country. Go play the Knights. Uh, get KJ Costello back. Uh, I believe their left tackle's out, Walker Little. Uh, double check on that for me, Mike. But I, I believe he's out for the year now. Um, I know it was it was supposed to be gone for like a month, but I think he's out for the season. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Spread opened at eight. It's out to eight and a half. UCF, as of the time of our taping here, they haven't named a starter. Uh, it could be Gabriel, the freshman. It could be Brandon Wimbush. It, it, it could be my dad. I mean, I don't know what they're doing there, but the public loves UCF. 86%, 84% split. I don't know, man. This is another weird game. I don't know what the hell you're doing in Stanford traveling to Orlando to take on UCF. UCF never really gets a crack at P5 teams. Don't know who the quarterback is. Don't know what Stanford's situation is offensively. They just can't run it. Loss of an O-lineman. I'm staying away from it. It's a bizarro game. I, I, I and Obviously. You're going to force me to pick it. You know I would probably take the points, but I'm telling you, I'm staying away. I could see Stanford absolutely getting housed. Their defense has been a complete disappointment. Their running game, a complete disappointment. And UCF, they, they don't fuck around. I mean, for lack of a better term, they mm-hmm. will bury you. Yep. Um, hell, maybe it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Maybe they could play all three damn guys and just mess around. But I, I'm staying away. But again... Got to put it on the card in a weird week. What do you have? Yeah, these are the games that suck because I love UCF in this game, but you have to draw a line when you're playing these games and deciding which games to bet. I like UCF to win this game quite a bit. I think that Stanford traveling down there with the humidity, um, with playing against UCF, who's looked good on the ground. I know they've been a little shaky through the air, but they've looked good on the ground. But I can't take UCF at minus nine especially when the game opened at UCF plus two and a half. Yeah. Way too much movement to go from plus two and a half to minus nine. Um, I, I really like UCF to win, but I just can't lay nine. And the other thing, too, what happened to Stanford's running game? Not just 
not just like productivity, but remember when Stanford would constantly line up and just gut you. Mm -hmm. 40-yard touchdown, 50-yard touchdown. I mean, going all the way back to the Toby Gerhardt era. I mean, Cameron Scarlett is just a guy. You know, and Bryce Love had yeah. nowhere to go last year. It's just, it's, it's, it's bad news to me. I, I can't do it, but I'm with you, Mike. The number doesn't do anything for me. I, I it's just too much. Yeah, it, not for me. I'm going to take a pass on that. Let's move along. Um, Mike, brand name game. If you want it, I wouldn't touch it. I think the number is now out of control. MSU opened up an 11 point favorite, taking on Arizona State. The Spartans are now favored by 14 and a half. A yeah, public wow. darling this week, 82% of bets, 88% of cash. Uh, I am staying away from it. If you were going to bet it, I absolutely would understand you taking the underdog, Jaden Daniels, talented freshman QB. But understand this. This is Arizona State going on the road. He, you're going to face a defense like he has never seen before. Is there a chance State opens up a can, that the offense is real, that MSU kind of announces themselves? Yeah, there's a chance of that, but I'm not laying over two touchdowns to find out. Um, I am staying away from it. I wanted to at least put it on the card for you. Yeah, I like MSU. I'm going to take MSU here. I don't like how it's gone from 7.5 to 14.5, but look, I think their defense, I, I, I could see them totally shutting down ASU. Um, Arizona State hasn't covered once this year, and look... Here's the here's the non um, stat non trend way of looking at this game too. D'Antonio has a chance to set the record at MSU, and you can take that for what it's worth. I think that means something to a team. I think that it means something for a coach that they love. When D'Antonio, if he wins this game, will have the most wins in Michigan State history. I could totally see State just running away with this. I'm going to take MSU minus 14 and a half. All right, that's a play for Sully. Last one of the week for me, and then I'm sure Sully's got a wacky total in something like an Oklahoma State game. Yeah. But, um, Cyhawk Trophy. This is one that's always weird when you see it. The book really doesn't make mistakes like this. Iowa State opened as a one and a half point, excuse me, a one point favor. It has crossed the bridge to the point where now Iowa is giving two and a half, and it touched three briefly, back down to two and a half. Um, Cyhawk game, hotly contested. I love Matt Campbell. He's yet to beat Kurt Ferentz. I love ISU's quarterback, Purdy. Um, ISU's like Temple. Played week one, played UNI. UNI is actually a pretty damn good team. They would be favored over a lot of Division One teams. Not a lot, but let's say, you know, 15 or 20 of them. Um they get a bye week. Now they take on their in-state rival. It's a home game. Game day's there. Uh, normally, I'd be all over ISU here, but I got to tell you something. I actually think Iowa is pretty damn good. Now, look, Nate Stanley is an NFL quarterback. Nate Stanley is he's good. The problem I have is not enough information on either team. Mm -hmm. And I think this has a chance to be the type of game going to be low scoring. I think it could be a game where one mistake beats you. I think the, Mike, what's the total? 43 something? 44 and a half now. 44 and a half. I mean, it went down. It opened at 46. You're not getting much wiggle room there, are you? But you look at Iowa, they've taken care of business. You know, Miami, Ohio, vanilla. They dominated a conference foe in Rutgers. I know Rutgers is trash. But when you look at this team, look, Nate Stanley's legit. Um, They've kind of they're spreading it out a little bit more now. Obviously, they don't have Hawkinson. They don't have Noah Fant. Defensively, you know what you're going to get. Um, 
I got a hard time. I don't know what Iowa State's going to do. I would assume Purdy would be would shoulder more to responsibility. He's got good legs. He's got a good arm. They can kind of turn him into more of a focal point. But, Mike, I, I just can't do it. As badly as I would love to bet the Cyclones, and that's who I'll root for, mm-hmm. I actually think Iowa's got a whole lot to say in this one. Totally. I think Iowa has... They've got a nice combination to go on the road. NFL QB, a couple of huge defensive playmakers, and uh, Epineza, whatever the hell his name is, the DN, who's a nightmare. Um, I'm going to pass on this one, but it is something to watch. That spread, if that gets out to ISU plus three, plus three and a half, well, that's different. Then I would take ISU, but I am not going to get hung up on a bad number here. I'm going to stay away. Yeah, I'm going to stay away as well. Iowa State hasn't has yet to cover. This season as well. Uh, it's weird. I, I think it's always interesting when these games go like this. When it opens at ISU minus three, now it's already ISU plus two and a half. I just, it's too much going on for me. I'm going to stay away for that, especially in a rivalry game. Um, I will give you one more. And if you want, you can throw a total at people that you guarantee is going to win. Is uh, it one of the Oklahoma games? No. I have got a bizarro one for you. Okay. It's a team that I don't think is very good. Um, but this is some weird line movement. Purdue opened up a two-point favorite over TCU. I know you're a TCU booster. Uh, yes. I know you love your TCU sweatshirt. Yeah, I got to wear that. Purdue's at home, had a nice win over Vandy, got their season on the tracks. Purdue minus two. Only 42% of the money is on Purdue, yet the line moved out to 2.5. Right. Uh, RLM, anybody. I- I'm telling you right now, for me, this is a really weird spot. Again, I don't know what you're doing as a Big 12 team traveling to West Lafayette, Indiana. I'm going to keep it very simple. You show me a little line movement like that. I'm giving less than three. Home team whose offense is explosive. I got the best player on the field in Rondell Moore. I think TCU is, in a word, bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, I'm looking at the boilers here, but I wanted your take. Yeah, it's not the t- same TCU team that I've grown to love over the past uh, decade. But I would, uh, you know what, I won with Purdue last week. I would tend to go with Purdue again. I think that it's a situation where, sure, you are at home and you're getting two and a half. Maybe that goes even a little higher. And it's um, another team in TCU, played week one, played a 1AA, has the bye week. Now what? They're going to open their season, and it's going to be at Purdue. I don't know that I love that spot. I don't think there's a coach in America who likes a bye in week two. I think Purdue's been battle-tested with a road game at Nevada, battle-tested with a game against a you know lower-tier SEC team. I think TCU's got to play a little bit of catch-up, and yeah, I, I, I like Purdue here. I'll go Purdue. Are you, are you putting it on the card? I'm going to play it. Cool. Play it now at two and a half. I'll join you. Um, and like I said, a little reverse line movement there. You know, it makes no sense that that line bumped out. It means the right people are betting on the game. That is just a blind faith. Watch the number, play the number deal. Uh, Mike, any game I missed? Any total you want to no, add before we I, go to I, Sunday I, in the National Football League? I'd love to look at the uh, Oklahoma UCLA game and throw an over bet on seventy three points, but. It's just crazy, some of these totals in, in Oklahoma and in the Oklahoma State game. But Oklahoma-UCLA, 66.5 at open out. It's now at 73. I watched that whole UCLA-Cincinnati game a couple weeks ago. I, I can't. Oklahoma might score 70 points themselves, but I, I don't can't really trust UCLA to contribute much to that total. Big powers at it again, leaving people in the dark. How many of you are messing around with flashlights and candles like idiots during power outages? Stop it. Don't do it anymore. Go solar. Power Home Solar makes it easy to switch to solar by hooking you up with battery storage with your installation so there's no more searching for a flashlight 
when big power leaves you in the dark. And make no mistake, big power company, they don't give a damn about you. It'll leave you in the dark for four days. You think they care? Number one residential solar provider is Power Home Solar. 30-year warranty on the American-made panels that they install. You will own your power, not just rent it from the power company. So get it done. They've installed panels at Ford Field and Allen Park. They're the official sponsor of the Lions. If solar's right for you, you think it might be right for you, go to powerhome.com. That's powerhome.com or give them a call today, 1-800-SOLAR-15. That's 1-800-SOLAR-15. Schedule your free solar consultation today. Don't rent your power. Own it with help from Powerhome Solar. All right, let's go to the National Football League. Let's rip through some of these games. I know we're going to get hung up on a few that we really, really care about. I have what could be a five-pack of Sunday dogs for people. Uh, Thursday night, no opinion, don't care. I don't even know that I can fully watch this game because I my hatred of Tampa Bay is bizarre. I can't look at the alarm clock uniforms, but... Uh, Look, Carolina opened up minus five. It's out to minus seven. Anything there, Mike? Play pass? Pass. Okay, pass for me, too. Um, if you're a junkie and you just got a bet, well, listen, to me, I think Tampa blows, but you do what you want. Now, now the second game of the week, I am interested in this. The Los Angeles Chargers go on the road, take on the Detroit Lions. The Lions opened at a two-and-a-half-point dog. It is currently a two-and-a-half-point dog. Even though 65% of the money is on the Chargers, the line hasn't moved. 78% of the bets are on the Chargers. The line hasn't moved. You've got a home team that won in week one, who's now the road team. And again, I watched Chargers Colts. They were sloppy. The Colts missed two field goals. The Colts roughed uh, the snapper on a Charger field goal that extended a drive. Uh, Colts dropped a touchdown pass. All of that. And the Chargers still needed overtime to beat him. You got a Charger team, no Russell Okung, no Melvin Gordon, no Derwin James. News yesterday, Hunter Henry is out. And you've got a Lions team. Opens on the road. Tie is a loss in my world. Coming home, desperate. Gotta get it done. I think the Lions... Where's the confidence plays, Mike? <laughs> I love this game, but it doesn't mean I'm changing how much I put on it. Um, I love the Lions this week. Uh, maybe I'm nuts. It'd be the most same old Lions thing ever. I'll take the two and a half. I think they're going to beat the Chargers. Uh, every indicator, every indicator suggests the Lions would be the sharp side of this deal. And I'm not letting the helmet change my feeling on it. This is where... The smart guys, they're playing numbers. They're not playing teams. They're not betting colors. They're not betting players they like. You're playing a number. I think the Chargers come in as a very vulnerable favorite, and therefore I'm going to take a stand against them. I like the Lions. I'm going to play it. Lions plus two and a half. Oh, you're killing me. I, I'm sorry. I know. And you, you mentioned the helmet, and that's exactly why I am so hesitant to bet this, because the Lions screwed me last week. Seems like Lions always screw me my entire life. Um, and especially when I bet them, argue but anything I brought up there. I can't. It just, uh, if anything, unfortunately, the uh, the SOL logic factors in. But no, I would, I, I do like. If I had to lean, this is a classic example of a game I would lean towards Detroit, but I'm not confident enough to play. Okay, I think there's just too many um, vulnerabilities with the Lions as well. 
I would lean towards Detroit, but I, I can't. I can't go and put it on the card. Unfortunately, I'd love to run it. Game number three. It was San Diego. San Diego. I got to find myself again. Yeah. The Los Angeles Chargers opponent in Week One. The Indianapolis Colts. I thought they played a commendable game. They're in Tennessee. Talk about a tough open to your schedule, by the way. At L.A. At Tennessee. Tennessee, the darling of Week One, dropping a bomb on the Cleveland Browns, forty-three thirteen. Opened up. Tennessee minus two and a half. It's out to Tennessee minus three. Um, Mike, I want your spin before yeah. I give you mine. I like it at three. I don't like it at three and a half. I want to set the lines in stone right there. I like Tennessee minus three. If it goes to three and a half, I do not want to bet it. So I want to put a qualifier on that. I think that Tennessee's defense is good enough. I think that they're uh, that they should find a way. To win this game by a touchdown. Um, look, I, I I was all over the Colts with how it went down with Andrew Luck and with the team rallying with Jacoby Brissett and all that. But I just think that that's a situation at home where Tennessee's going to win this game by a touchdown. Uh, disagreement. Or and this is this is fun. Um, I like the Colts, and I know you can't make a direct comparison. I know the past is the past, but the Colts destroyed Tennessee twice last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Brissett showed me something, and. I'll also tell you, Marlon Mack showed me something. I mean, he went out and damn near ran for 180 yards. This is a damn good offensive line. This is a quarterback who this team has rallied around. They played a commendable game. They should have beat the Chargers. They clean up a couple errors. I think they're right in the mix here to get a dub. They're the 0-1 team. They're the desperate team. Kind of an us-against-the-world mentality. Um, I know they took a hit where Devin Funches got hurt. He's on the IR, slated to return after right. week eight. But with Tennessee, listen, big win last week, and everyone loves you. Everyone's telling you how great you are. I really wonder here if the wrong team is favored. I like the Colts. I'm going to take the three points. I wouldn't settle for less. I need the three. It's three right now. This is a play. I'm in, I've got dogs all Sunday. Mm-hmm. I'm either going to be real, real right or real, real wrong, but I'm going to take the Colts in this game. We're against each other on yes, it. I dig fun this. to watch. Uh, next game on the list, and this is tricky, tricky, tricky. Dallas opened up a four-and-a-half-point favorite. It is out to five-and-a-half. And I'm pretty sure every better out there, when they see Dallas going to D.C., they go, wait a second. Dallas, one of the best teams in football. Washington, one of the worst teams right. in football. How the hell's Dallas only a four-and-a-half-point favorite? Slamming it, right? Explain this to me. When you see a line like that, and 87% of bets, 87% of the cash is on the Cowboys, how did it only move out to five-and-a-half? It doesn't make sense. Okay. I think it would more. So let me ask you this. What is my one deal? When it looks too easy in the NFL, it normally is a trap. Doesn't Cowboys minus four and a half look like? It looks like in the cartoons where you put the sticks over the hole in the ground in the forest and then the idiot runs right over it and they fall in the pit. I'm telling you, if you're betting this, you are betting Redskins or nothing. I think they are begging you. They want you to take the Cowboys. I think the Redskins is super scary here with the amount of money that's on the Cowboys. The spread has not really gotten that far out. I'm going to pass on this one, but be very careful, people, because this is an absolute red flag trap about how easy it looks for the Cowboys. Yeah, that's too scary of a spread for me to play as well. But I I understand... um not being high on Dallas from a betting perspective in this one. I, I don't think that Dak Prescott can continue the... Look, he was incredible last week. Threw seven incompletions, four touchdowns on the game. 
I was really, really low on Washington, and I think I was too low on Washington to start the year. Um, so sure, I would lean towards taking the Redskins, but I, I'm not confident enough to play it. All right, next game. Minnesota travels to Green Bay. Minnesota looked unbelievable. They come in as a three-point underdog. Green Bay did not look unbelievable. Sloppy, but grinded out a win, 10-3 over the Bears in the opener. Uh, interesting note, obviously, Green Bay has had a few extra days to prepare. It's basically a 10-day preparation week for their home opener. I think this is a really, really tough spot for Minnesota. Go on the road. Teams had the few extra days. Uh, Green Bay should see massive improvement week one to two, specifically yep. offensively. Minnesota, weird game. Atlanta was trash. Atlanta self-destructed. Uh, Kirk Cousins only had to throw 10 passes. You're not going to live in the NFL playing that way. Uh, I would have a lean here to Green Bay, but I am going to pass. Um, I just have several other games I'm more interested in from a betting perspective. Want your thoughts on this? Yeah, I'm going to take Green Bay in this one. I think that, look, their offensive line has to be better than it was last day, and they still found a way to win. I think that it's, it's a situation where I know it's at minus three right now for the Packers. It was two and a half. I thought it opened up, but yeah, it's at minus three right now. It's a game with the Vikings and Packers where the home team seems to always find a way to cover the spread. Five and one in the last six meetings between these two teams who obviously play twice a year. So I'm gonna I like the Packers minus three um at home against the Vikings. Don't hate it. I just like I said, I can't go crazy or I gotta you know, pare the games down a little bit. Um let's go Pittsburgh hosting Seattle. Opened up minus three and a half. Seattle getting four currently. Pittsburgh embarrassed themselves in week one, a disgraceful performance. But then again, they are the Patriots bitch. Um Boy, Seattle was a weird one. The Cincinnati game did not play well, eked out the W. Everything was strange. From Russell Wilson, you know, having DK Metcalf lead the team in targets to, you know, Andy Dalton throwing it 55 times. How is any of this happening? Um, I just, I love teams. Road game week one and lose. Come home. Desperate, 0-1, can't go 0-2. Seattle didn't impress me on the road last week. They got to stay on the road this week. Um, this is the only favorite in the NFL I like this week. It's mm. a it's a faith play that Pittsburgh is nowhere near that bad. I think there's a little bit of an overreaction by the marketplace here. Um, to me, I'm going with Pittsburgh. I think they win this game, and I think Seattle goes home. Um I got. I got to stick with it. I, I just. I did not like what I saw out of Seattle last week. I understand they want to run the ball. Uh, I understand Chris Carson had success, but you can't have Russell Wilson go fourteen out of twenty and not throw for two hundred yards. Seahawks defense lit up exactly four hundred eighteen yards to Andy Dalton. You know Roethlisberger and that group of talented receivers are on the bounce back there. They're probably salivating. I'm going to take Pittsburgh and lay to four here. I don't love the number. Uh, four and a half would be a no-go for me, but four I'll lay. Um, I'm going to take Pittsburgh at home. This is one that really confused me. I saw this, and my initial reaction was, wow, Seahawks are getting getting four points? I like Seattle in this. But then I started digging more into the numbers and, and really looking at it and uh, also thinking about Seattle having to travel all the way out to Pittsburgh. And I started to doubt that opinion and started to question it and started to wonder if Pittsburgh actually is the right play here. Not confident enough to play it. But I get it. I do. I'm going to give you the craziest pick of the week. 
All right. I'm going to give you a selection here that could potentially make me look more stupid than I already am. It could be this could actually be worse than your Dolphins pick last week. Oh, that's going to be tough. I am super interested in the Arizona Cardinals getting 13 and a half at Baltimore. Now look, I understand. Rookie QB, first road game, Kyler Murray looked awful in the first half against the Lions. But you know how he finished the game? 14 out of 17, 154, pair of touchdowns, gotten a rhythm. Larry Fitzgerald looked 25 years old again. Here's the deal. The number's too damn big. I think this is something where you look at it and everyone goes, oh, man, Baltimore won by a zillion week one. They're awesome. And it's like, wait, guys, they played a team where half the guys demanded trades after the game. Rookie head coach, no quarterback. I thought the Dolphins quit. I never say that lightly. I mean, these guys are risking their lives playing this game, but the Dolphins quit. I can't really take a lot out of last week. Like, yep. if you believe the Ravens are that good, what, do you believe Hollywood Brown's a top 10 receiver in the league too? I mean, it just, no. Arizona is getting 13 and a half here. That, in the National Football League, you do not give massive totals like this and get away with it. I like Arizona plus the points here. I mean, Baltimore cannot be expected to do what they no. did last week. And I'm going to tell you something. Arizona's defense is bad as it should be on paper. They did a really nice job against the Lions. They held up against the run, held the Lions under four yards of carry. Even though they're banged up in the secondary, they didn't let the Lions go, go absolutely crazy. When it came down to crunch time, they were able to get some stops. I just think Baltimore's on a little bit of a come down. If they're going to play a team that's actually going to try, let's be fair. Arizona did not quit last week down 17 mm-hmm. nothing. They played. They played hard. Should have won the game. I'm going to take the points here. Yeah. And maybe you think I'm batshit crazy. That's fine. Give me the 13 and a half and the Cardinals. Well, no, I mean, it, the Baltimore looked just out of this world. And he's just walked out of the room, people. No, Baltimore looked out of this world. I get it. They can't do it every week. Arizona, hey, Kyler Murray. He really progressed throughout the game. I thought he looked terrible at first. I do think that it's going to continue to be an issue, though, with batting passes down. Look, and people can say about the height all they want or whatever, but Lions batted down like five passes of his, and I think that'll be a trend that we continue to see throughout the year. But I actually like the over in this game. I think that Kyler's going to do enough to score a few touchdowns. Certainly Lamar Jackson in Baltimore's offense we know is explosive. It opened at 42-and-a-half. The over-under, now it's at 46, Wow! which it certainly has climbed up. I expect this to even go to 47 or 47 oh, and a half. You're going right, you're walking right into it? I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to go over, and that oh, might be a, a Michael public Square play. Event no, I, I could see a ton of points in this one. Michael, you see the total flying up and you go, get me on that boogie I th- board. I think it's no. going to, no, I think it's going to continue to go up because I even see some books right now that have it at 46 and a half. Oh, no. But I have, for the purpose of this, I have it at 46. Um, so oh, let's do no. it. Let's All do. Right. Let's go and just, you know, Mike. You're watching this game, rooting for the Cardinals. I'm going to watch this game in a, in a little more calm, just rooting for points. I'm rooting not for rooting both teams. for the Cardinals. Rooting for it's both just... teams to score. People, this is why I don't have kids. All right. Um, <laughs> next game, I have zero thoughts on this game. I'm just being upfront with you. Jacksonville, Houston opened up minus eight and a half. Now out to nine. Jacksonville, Gardner Minshew is their starting quarterback. <laughs> Houston should have won on on Monday Night Football. Don't know what Romeo Cornell was thinking. Oops, he wasn't thinking. Nice prevent defense on that last drive. Look, 
bottom line, everyone's on Jacksonville. 51% of the bets, but it's almost 80% of the cash. I am staying far away from this game, but I want I have to put it on the board for Mikey. Yeah, I got screwed when I did a nine and a half point spread last week. Just too many points. Um I, I do think that Houston is going to rebound and win. I thought they played well against the Saints. That was a fantastic second half to watch. But no, I, I don't want to. I don't want to be given that many points in a, in a spread that probably will crawl up a little higher just because of the everything going on in Jacksonville combined with with Houston's explosive offense. Another game, and, and I talked about this with the Iowa State game, where the book rarely screws up like this. But boy, oh boy, this is a weird one. Frisco opens up a two and a half point favorite at Cincinnati. The line has crossed the hmm. bridge all the way to the point where Cincinnati is a one-and-a-half-point favorite. The wrong team was favored. That's what the market is telling you. Um, Cincinnati played really well in Week 1. I can't lie. Probably had every right to believe they should have beaten the Seattle Seahawks. Frisco, a couple of defensive touchdowns. Didn't love what I did see of that game. Garoppolo did not look great. Sloppy play. couple of TDs called back. I'm staying away from this puppy. The line scares the hell out of me. I don't have a great read on it. But again, in a week like this where the college slate is short, I want to make sure we cover every NFL game. This is a pass for me. No part of it. Yeah, I actually like the Bengals. And I'm going to play them in this one. Wow. It's, it's wow. minus two, correct, is what we have it at? Bengals minus two. Look, you'll never convince me in the NFL that it is truly... We take this week by week by week. I get it, compartmentalizing stuff, but this is the this is the Bengals' only home game in September. They know this. They know that they're they've they're been on their uh, you know they're going to be on the road. I think it's a game where where Cincinnati just finds a way to win. I don't necessarily think it'll be pretty, but it's only two points right now. I think it could even climb a little bit. I'm going to take Bengals minus two um, for you know the Niners. Niners were on the road last week, right? In uh, Tampa Bay, was correct. It? Two weeks in a row, going west coast to pretty much east coast. Yeah, I like the angle. I'm gonna take uh, take the Bengals here. All right, next game, and this is where I find out if I'm totally insane or not. The Buffalo Bills travel to MetLife to take on the G-Men. Bills lay in two and a half. Spreads down to one and a half. Why would it be down to one and a half when less than half the money is on the Giants? Well, you know, you do what you want here. I'm telling you this, Buffalo was getting their asses kicked by the Jets. C.J. Mosley gets hurt, the whole game turns on its ear, Buffalo ends up stealing one, and now all of a sudden, Buffalo should be a three-point favorite on the road. Remember what we talked about, Giants road team week one, loss, come home desperate. Buffalo, road, back-to-back weeks, I know it's a short flight, I know it's the same stadium, bottom line... I don't like this setup for Buffalo, and I don't think Buffalo should be favored in this spot. And newsflash, as much as I hate Eli Manning, let me tell you, the Giants did not lose that game because of Eli Manning. And they kind of forgot about Saquon Barkley a little bit. And all this week, reading about how they're going to make some changes on defense, they better. They couldn't cover a dead rug. But there's a big difference between Dak and receivers like Amari Cooper and Randall Cobb and Michael Gallup looked fabulous, and Zeke mm-hmm. Elliott. Hey, man, I, I like the baby Bills. All right, I think the Bills are going to be better than people expect, but this is not the spot. I mean, the Giants are not going to go 0-16. I mean, I don't think they're going to go 0-16. I actually, if honest to God, Mike, if I take the Giants here and they don't cover this, do not allow me to take Ever these deadbeats the rest of the year. Yeah. But you know what? I, you know why I'm doing it. It's, it's the road to home, road double, 
I'm going to take the Giants. And, okay. and again, the number is going down. I, I wish I got it at two and a half, but I'm going to take the point and a half because I think Giants are going to win the damn game. Give me the G-Men plus the point and a half. God have mercy on my soul. Yeah, I'm staying away from this one. It's uh, too weird of a spread for me. I think that, look, everyone everyone knows I love Josh Allen. I think that he has to play better, my God, than he Four did Four turnovers in last week, week one. Mike. Two picks, two fumbles. Yeah, it's and he has to play better than that. But I just don't, here in week two, feel comfortable uh, betting this game. By the way, Giants offense last week? Did put up 470 yards. I, yeah, I understand it, it, they got their ass kicked, but Saquon was, you know, Saquon and Evan Ingram were a huge part of that. Yeah, well, sure. I well, basically they accounted for half of that. So there you go. All right, let's move on. Uh, this is Sully's chance right here. This is Sully. This is your potential church bells play of the week. <laughs> the New England Patriots. Oh man, travel to Miami. Oh my this God. Game. New England laying 18 to open. It's out to 19 now uh, from things I have read with weekend action. You could see this thing get out to 20, maybe 20 and a half. It's Currently, crazy. it is at 19. Sully, you famously took the Dolphins last week as yep. they were butchered by the Baltimore Ravens. The Dolphins have players demanding trades. The Dolphins are the home team. New England's the road team. One of them has a win. One of them doesn't. Michael, I am allowing you, as the official Dolphins man on this show, to lead off. This is such a tough one, man. You don't have to do it. Also, in the back of my head, and I looked this up, it seems like the Patriots always go down to Miami and play bad. And I looked it up, last seven meetings in Miami, Patriots are 1-6 against the spread. For whatever reason, they go down to South Beach and they just don't play well. Look, I realize it's a ton of points. It really is. But I, Miami just looked so bad. I can't, in good faith, bet Miami again this week with how terrible they looked. I'd love to. I'd love okay. to say, hey, you know, give me the, the 20 points, which it looks like to be, and, and Patriots will be a little sluggish, and Antonio Brown won't, won't be great right away or whatever. Um, but I just, it's one I just have to stay away from. If this gets north of 20, give me the Dolphins. 20? Okay. If it gets north of 20. Yeah, to go from 14 and a half to 20 is I just, I, I, listen, the Patriots have been favored by big numbers in the past three or four times in my lifetime. I know they've probably covered each and every one of them. But you get to a point, again, you're not playing teams, you're playing numbers. Just, Michael, it has to get to 20 and a half for it to be a play. Yep. It won't see 21. My God, if it sees 21, I'll take it. But 20 and a half, it's a play. Otherwise, it's a pass. Yeah, and you're right about that. I actually looked that up, too. The Patriots, the last four times, and I think it's over, I think it's since 2016, they've been favored by 18-plus four times, and they've covered every single one of them. All right, let's move on. Let's go KC traveling to Oakland. Oakland opened a seven-point dog. It's out to seven and a half. Um, Look, KC, believe it or not, not where the money is. Oakland with 64% of the money, uh, only 29% of the bets, but an overwhelming amount of the cash. Um, Mike, I'll let you lead. Seven and a half. The Raiders, Chucky, 1-0, and at home, feeling it. Chiefs banged up. You want to go with the black and silver? Yeah, and I think I could get totally uh, chainsawed on this game, but I, I think that I, I'm going to take Oakland. At home, Chiefs, there's a ton of hype, and they looked fantastic. They were clicking on all cylinders. But let's not forget, the Chief, there was a time where we watched that game against the Jaguars last week, and the Jaguars 
even with Gardner Minshew, we're back in that game a little bit. I could totally see Chiefs going on the road at Oakland and not covering that 7.5. I think that Oakland didn't look as bad as I thought they were this year. Um, and, and I can't just blindly, blindly just trust and follow the Chiefs every week and expect them to score a shit ton of points. So yeah, I am going to actually take the Raiders at seven and a half. Look at you, proud of you. I am. I, this is my my heart. My heart is beaming. <laughs> yeah, with pride. the o- the old me would just say Pat Mahomes, right. Chiefs. Michael Squarevin has turned in, turned into <laughs> Michael Sharpavin. Um, I think you're on the right side of it. Like I said, I, I had to pare the games down, and I've got a couple coming up. I like. If I did play it, I would take the Chiefs. Um, excuse me, the Raiders. Watch that number, man. I mean, if that thing gets out to eight, it, it's that's. I think you're right. I think the Chiefs' defense blows. You mm-hmm. can't let Gardner Minshew come in and go 22-25. I don't, oh, care. I don't care what kind of vanilla coverage you're playing. All right, let's move to the next game. This is this is one I, I love. And it's all about the number. It's not about the team. The Bears are, look, lose at home. They're going to go on the road to one of the toughest places to play in the league in the month of September. Go look at the numbers. And, Mike, I had a computer crash over here, so you will have to pull it up. But Denver in the month yep. of September is damn near unbeatable at home. They're awesome against the number. And when it looks too easy, it is. This opened up at Bears minus one and a half. It's currently Bears minus two and a half. I think Mitch Trubisky stinks. And I, I look, all offseason, you open up at home, that's how you play. I thought Trubisky was underwhelming. Their offense was completely underwhelming. We know the defense will show up to play. I get it. But you got a home team, 0-1, desperate, history on their side. This is a brutal place to play in the month of September. I'm going to take the two and a half. I'm going to take the Denver Broncos. And mm. guess what? Guess who the coach of the Broncos is? Vic Fangio. Right. Where was he the last four years? Chicago. He designed their defense. Who on planet Earth would be a better person to know exactly what Mitchell Trubisky likes to do and doesn't like to do, can do and can't do? If any defensive guy in the league can put Trubisky in bad spots or shape the game flow, it's Fangio. I love Denver here, and I feel like I'm out of my mind. But it looks too easy for the Bears. Denver disappointed everybody in week one. They expect to be a playoff team this year, a wild card team. I am backing the Broncos. Mm. I just took a team with Joe Flacco as their fucking quarterback. What am I doing? Yeah. Denver plus two and a half. Do it well, live. Flacco was all right last week. You know, 21 for 30. Cortland Sutton, FTW. I, uh, I've, I've already played a ton of games this week. I'm going to stay away from this one. I'm going to cheer you on, though. I Sully think that, has no shirt on. Yeah. I think that, uh, look. Denver, I, the point's well taken. Over the last eight years, the Broncos have won 12 straight home games that have taken place in weeks one or two. Jesus. So, yeah, I think I, I think there's value there with Denver. Give I'm it not, to me. I'm not going to play it, but good luck. And you know I think the Bears are, are going 9-7 and seven this year. Well, this would put them a lot. This would help that cause, wouldn't it? Yeah, and I don't think that... I think that Mitch Trubisky gets a little too much hate. I really do. Like, he I, stinks. I, 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 well, I don't think so. I, I don't think Trubisky's a terrible quarterback like a lot of people think. I think that he has a lot of talent. He, he, isn't, he hasn't been the greatest. I get it. But I don't in any way think that Trubisky's an awful quarterback. All right, let's move on to the next game. I can't believe I've just taken a Flacco team. New Orleans travels to L.A. to take on the Rams. Rams laying three. 
It opened at three. It's down to two and a half. So you've got yourself a key number if you want it, Sully. This is a game very even as far as money, 54 to 46. Nothing to speak of there. No reverse line movement. Nothing crazy. Just two damn good football teams. Impressed that New Orleans came out, came back, won that game last week. The Rams really impressed in week one. You travel across the country. You beat the Panthers. I think it is interesting to note, though, and I've talked about this, it's clear there's going to be a timeshare in L.A. in the backfield. Mm -hmm. The days of Gurley getting 20 carries is over. Malcolm Brown, kind of the first three quarters of the game, had more carries than Gurley. And then fourth quarter, they kind of unleashed him and let Todd do his thing. Now, look, it's just something to watch if you're one of these people who goes, well, look, L.A., they're going to pound the rock, and Todd Gurley's awesome. I'm telling you, they are preserving him. Um, Saints outside on grass, never love it. Um, I don't, I'm going to pass on it. This is a game I just want to watch as a fan. I don't have a strong opinion. What, what, what do you say? I say over 51 and a half in this one. Oh, I think it's some Johnny of the tra- totals. Well, over it's five and one of the Rams' last six home games. Um, and also, interestingly enough, with Drew Brees, the over's four and one in the Saints' last five games when playing on Sunday following a Monday night game, even on the you know on the short week or whatever you want to call it. Um, I think that it goes over. I'm going to lock in at fifty one and a half, and I expect this to climb even closer to 50, 52 and a half, 53 range by kickoff. All right, let's go Sunday late window Philly. Atlanta. Atlanta's at home. It opened as a pick'em. It's out to Atlanta getting a point and a half. Uh, Philly, the biggest public team of the week, biggest money team of the week, damn near. 75% of the bets, 82% of the cash. And I am going to fly, no pun intended. I'm flying right into it. Uh, Atlanta played like shit last week. It couldn't have gone worse. It was a total debacle in every phase of the game. They come home, take on a Philly team who got a win. Home team, 0-1. Desperate. I think Atlanta is a sneaky, good NFC team. I'm not going to sit here and shit on them because they played like shit in week one. Uh, I think they bounce back. I will take Atlanta. I will take the points. Uh, I think they will beat the Philadelphia Eagles and get their season back on track. Go ahead. I'm crazy. Oh, you're completely crazy. That's not just messing. Um, I know that you are high on the Falcons, and a lot of people kind of are, are maybe cautious, more cautious than anything about them. Look, I thought Philly was extremely fun to watch week one. I thought that their offense was just looked really, really sharp. I don't think Deshaun Jackson can do it every single week this year, my God. I don't think that Elshon Jeffrey necessarily can either. But overall, it seems like this is an offense that's going to be able to move the ball and really score a lot of points. Um, I'm not going to I'm not gonna bet this one. But to your point, Falcons 4-0 against the spread in their last four games in Week 2. Ah. They always play well in Week 2 somehow for what that is worth. Sully driving that tasty trends cart. Yep. All right, but I'll I'm take out, an ice I'm cream cone. Yep. Let's run through the NFL games real quick. My picks. Mm-hmm. Lions plus 2.5. Colts plus 3. Pittsburgh minus 4. Arizona plus 13.5. The G-Men, plus one and a half. What have I done? Uh, the Denver Broncos, plus two and a half. The Dirty Birds, plus one and a half. Mikey, where are you at? Yeah, Titans, uh, minus three against the Colts. We have the pending one on that, but minus three is what we're at right now. Packers, minus three against the Vikings. Cardinals, Rams, over 46. Or excuse me. Cardinals, 
Ravens over 46. This, my kid is, this kid's in shambles. My handwriting's terrible. Cardinals, Ravens over 46. Bengals minus two against the Niners. Raiders plus seven and a half against the Chiefs. And also the over 51 and a half in the Saints-Rams game. College slate. Brief because the college slate stinks. Give me Temple getting seven. Give me UTSA getting plus 17. Uh, Beba, booba, booba, beep. Where the hell was the other game I had, Mikey? I'm losing my marbles. You say uh, UTSA? I used UTSA plus 17. You had Purdue? Ah, Michael, the saving grace. Purdue given two against TCU. Lock it up. I'm in. Those are my college plays. Where are you at? Yeah, over 66 in Maryland Temple. We have Pittsburgh plus 17 against Penn State. Army, UTSA, over 45. Worried about that one, but let's see. Michigan State, I love this play this week. Minus 14.5 against Arizona State. And then Purdue, uh, plus 2.5 against TCU. And now for the stuff that maybe we didn't talk about, here's David to fill the void in your life with Sexy Stat Time. David. It's that time again. It's sexy stat time with the Hatchet Man. Let's start over in the NFL this week. Since 2015, teams that have begun the season with back-to-back roll games are 14-5 and against the spread. There are four teams in that scenario this week. The 49ers going to the Bengals, the Colts going to Tennessee, Buffalo against the Giants, and the Chiefs going to Oakland. Since 2017, there have been six teams that have been in that similar situation. Just two of those teams went 2-0. The Eagles in 2017 went on to go to the Super Bowl and win it. The Chiefs in 2018 went to the AFC title game. So watch out for the teams, the Chiefs, the 49ers, and Buffalo, who have a chance to go 2-0 this week. Watch out for those teams when it comes to playoff time. Now let's move over to my favorite, my favorite division right now in the NFL, and that is the AFC South. The odds have moved again. Nick Foles injured out until at least week 10. The Jags were the favorite. Now they've moved from the favorite to last in the division, according to the odds makers. I told you in the first episode of Cash the Ticket not to count out the Colts. I don't think they finished first. But they won't finish third, and they won't finish fourth. I think you know what I'm saying there. Let's move over to the college slate. Not a lot of great games this week. Actually, according to Chris Falica, each of the last five times there was a weekend without a ranked matchup, at least two ranked teams lost to non-ranked teams. So beware when you're placing these bets who might lose. Let's go over to Alabama. They're minus 25 and a half point favorites at South Carolina. That's a weird line to me because South Carolina has a freshman quarterback. They either don't trust Alabama's offense with the odds or something's fishy and South Carolina may keep it close. One and one FSU plus seven at Virginia. FSU barely beat Louisiana Monroe last week, yet they're just plus seven? Something's fishy with that line. That has been Sexy Stat Time with The Hatchet Man. All right, listen, try to get you another winning week as we did last week, and away we go. Thanks for listening as always, guys. Keep supporting it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it, and pass it on, man. The more we grow it, the more we can do fun stuff like this and keep delivering content. 
and we will talk to you next week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.